Hello, Monetization Nation. What businesses say about themselves is no longer credible, and influencers have become highly credible sources that customers look to and trust instead. In this episode, Shane Barker, an influencer marketing expert, is going to share some of his secrets about influencer marketing. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. I am so excited to be interviewing Shane Barker today. I have followed Shane Barker for a long time, and this is kind of my one of my I've arrived moments that someone like Shane Barker has has agreed to be on my show. Uh, Shane Barker is a UCLA professor. He teaches a super cool class that I would love to take about personal branding and how to be an influencer. And he's developing a course that is going to be available for people like you and me to take online and uh, learn the things that he teaches in his his class. Uh, Shane is a consultant. For example, he created a startup that reached more than a $25 million valuation in, in two years. His consulting practice specializes in influencer marketing, product launches, content marketing, sales funnels, targeted traffic, and website conversions. He consults with multiple Fortune 500 companies, and he has uh, some A-list celebrities on his list of clients. Shane, can you mention any of those on the show? Yeah, so we've worked with, um, like I said, there's there's some that, you know, we have strict NDAs, other ones that we didn't, and just depends on the work that we did for them, but I work with Angela Bassett um, back in the past, and we've done some stuff with her, got her verified on uh, actually on Twitter and some other things that we did. And then um, Shane Sparks, which was on So You Think You Can Dance, he was a client of ours as well and actually became a good friend. I mean, anybody that's a, a fellow Shane, we have to assume that there's, you know, there's some synergies there just, uh, just out the gate. So I used to go down and visit him in Southern California. Um, and there's some other A-list celebrities. Like I said, I can't tell you about some of them because of the type of work we would do a lot of online reputation management. So, yeah, that's probably all I could tell you in regards. I'd have, to, I'd have to look at who else, but I'm sure there's probably somebody else I could tell you about. Okay. Uh, Shane writes for Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, and Huffington Post. Um, he's created infographics. So he does a lot of work with, with content marketing, and infographics is one of his specialties. Uh, his infographics have been viewed more than 350,000 times and have been featured in more than 950 articles and publications. He publishes the Marketing Growth Podcast, and he's, been, he's received numerous awards I'll uh, give you an example of a few of those. Marketing Insider Group named Shane one of the top content marketing influencers and Salesforce named him one of the industry's top influencers. Uh, he also has published a series of super cool uh, eBooks. Uh, maybe at the end of this, uh, Shane, we could talk a little bit about where people could find those and, and how they can learn a little bit more about you and your services. Thank you Absolutely. so much for joining me today. Yeah, I'm excited about this, Nathan. I'm really, really excited. When you reach out to me, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great opportunity to kind of get to know you and we can work together. I'm excited. Yeah, I look forward to it. All right. So on our show, Shane, one of the first steps that we teach people is something we call connecting through passion, where we find what we call the level 10 passion of our target audience. And then we, we build our relationships through those level 10 passions. So could you please share with us one of your level 10 passions so that our audience could better connect with you? 
Yeah, I would say, you know, for me, uh, you know, there's a number of things that I, I think that I'm passionate about, but really um, these days, what I'm really, really passionate about, in fact, we didn't even touch on it in the intro because once again, I've, I've been doing a lot of things and over a lot of, you know, for a number of years, but um, I actually, my passion right now is really helping small businesses. Um, and I actually do that through, um, I actually work for the Small Business Administration um, and I do stuff for the SBDC. And so right now my passion is, is helping businesses that have been put in a, in a difficult situation because of COVID and because of the pandemic and being able to help those businesses be able to either transition online from offline or to figure out um, how they can, you know, have other revenue streams or how they can like, you know, keep the doors open. So right now I would say my, my top 10 passion or the, the passion, the thing that I'm really pushing towards is getting out the information that I have that I've learned over the last 25 years and giving that to small businesses for free and being able to offer that. So you've moved to the legacy, leaving a legacy phase of your career. It's crazy. Yeah, it's funny. So like the funny story about it is like the way that it came about is um, I have a friend of mine that's a, a director for the SBDC Small Business Development Center. And I went and had a beer with him. And, and the, the joke that I always tell everybody is that there was like a, a Jedi mind trick. I like I had one beer and then all of a sudden by the end of it, I was working for him. I, I you don't know if he put something in my beer or what happened there. But um, and then I told my team, I was like, hey, you guys, I'm excited. I'm, you know, I'm going to start doing stuff for the SBDC. And they're like, what do you mean do stuff for the SBDC? Like you run up, we have 30 people over here that you have this private consulting firm. And I go, yeah, I'm going to start helping small businesses. And they're like, oh, okay. And we talk about pay and they're like, that's nowhere close to what you make over here. And I go, yeah, but it's not about that, right? It's that's about right. helping people. And so for me, it was less about, you know, the money and, and, you know, how much can I make from this, but more about helping businesses. And I, you know, my heart's with the small business. I, I, you know, I've always had small businesses and I've been able to grow them and I've worked with a lot of small businesses. And unfortunately where I'm at today, I, I'm too expensive for small, most small businesses, um, right? And so I, I thought, well, that's just not fair. Like I, if I have knowledge, if I know that I have knowledge that I can give to somebody for free and I'm not doing that, then I'm doing a disservice. I mean, we, we created my blog, ShaneBarker.com nine years ago with the goal to give information, give people enough information to be dangerous. You want to learn about content marketing or SEO or influencer marketing, you can go to my website. And when I write the blog posts that we write are extensive. Um, and the goal of it is for you to go and get educated and write. And if you feel like, hey, you need to hire somebody like myself to help, you know, to, to whatever, put together a campaign or drive traffic or convert, you know, site sales or whatever that is, great, then I'm here to do that. But the, the SBDC stuff that I'm doing through the SBA is literally because I just know, you know, I, I, like I said, I've had small businesses that have done well and that have failed. And I know that, you know, the way, the way, how strong entrepreneurs are, but it becomes very difficult when you, you have something like a pandemic or you have something like COVID that is uncontrollable. It's not that you're not working hard enough. It's that you have an, a third party of something that is stopping you. And, you know, when it comes to government and other stuff that plays into that, it's like, what do you do? Like, how do I survive? And I, I just know there's people that have sleepless nights and that are trying to figure out how they're going to feed their family. And if I'm not out there doing my part in helping those people, then I'm doing a disservice, you know? And so that's, that's really where my passion's at right now is, you know, and, and I love influencer marketing too. I and mean, we're, we're going to talk about that as well. I mean, influencer marketing is awesome. Um, and I, there's huge potential with it, but really the people that are, I hate to say bleeding out, but the people that need help are, are the small businesses. And so that's where, that's where my heart's at right now. Love it. We at Monetization Nation love storytelling. Would you please share with us the story of your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we have enough time. We'll see if we can <laughs> have to stretch this one out a little bit. Um, 
the I would funny not part mind that, by the way. <laughs> we can, you can make that happen. So this is the thing. So my story, um, I'm probably going to miss little pieces, but you know, I, I started off doing my own businesses. I mean, I was going through college um, and I started a business called Hotpad. Um, and it was a reusable heat pack that I found. And I actually had a patent on it, a co-patent on, and I, it was manufactured out of Korea. And um, so I created that and I was doing, um, I was opening kiosks. And so I had kiosks here in um, Sacramento, and then I had some in the Bay Area as well. And I, I got investors, brought the product in, did everything, did the logo, did the website. I mean, I hired freelancers. So I was pretty much managing the project. I'm not a graphic designer by any means. Um, and I put the whole project together and we started doing um, different ones that were like therapeutic for your back and your shoulders and had braces. And then I did promotional items as well. It was a, the product, what it is, is you bend it back and forth and it heats stuff to 130 degrees instantly. So it had kind of a really, and it's all, it's all non-toxic. And so it had really a cool factor of like liquid and they would go super solid because it was like a, a salt-based solution. And so it was really awesome to like, and it was great and you could reuse it. So you could go put it in a pot of boiling water. It would go back to its original liquid state and then you could use it again. So we started doing promotional items with like Disney and NBC and, and got some really good accounts there. And it, it was a great product. People were using them for, you know, I, I was a sucker for, you know, anybody that would reach out to me and say, Hey, I've got back problems and, you know, but I'm just not, I'm a, you know, disabled vet or something. And like, all you'd have to say is disabled vet and you automatically got a free product and I would send it out to them. I mean, anybody that was, you know, you know, vets or any, anybody that needed it, that didn't have the money, I was giving it out. My wife, um, I remember her saying like, this is awesome. You're making good money, but like, how many are you going to give out? I'm like, don't know. I'm going to keep giving them out. If people need them and they're reaching out to me, then I'm here to give them out. So anyways, it was a good business. And so that, um, that did well. And then I ended up going to, um, I ended up doing, um, I worked for a Chevy's Mexican restaurant and Chevy's Mexican restaurant was um, a lot of people. It's, I think they're, they only have a few restaurants left in the nation now, but I was doing um, traveling around opening restaurants. So I started off as a buster when I was 16, many it's like Shane 1.0, we're like at Shane 3.0 right now, but Shane 1.0. And I, I was busing tables and then I became a waiter and then I became a server. And then they wanted me to become a manager, but instead of being a manager, I went, I would travel around and open these restaurants. And so I opened up all over the nation and I would go and put together their point of sale system, which is their squirrel system. So I would put those together and do training. So I would go out there and do that. That's kind of my offline. That was my offline gig. Um, and then after that, once again, I had Hotpad and then I just kind of took off from there and, and I've always had my own businesses. Um, ended up graduating um, in CSUS, California State University, Sacramento. Um, and I've had my own businesses ever since then. The, the businesses that you referenced earlier, I had one that I built from zero to 25 million in two years, which was, um, I mean, I had 130 employees, I had three, maybe four locations. Um, and I had a, a co-founder as well, two co-founders, but it was, um, it was quite the journey. So that was, that was kind of an insane little journey. And what a lot of people don't know with that business um, is I actually got sued by the attorney general for $60 million, no, $65 million, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, and it was kind of a crazy story and how that came about. And so, um, Long story short, you know, we, we ended up getting out of it and, you know, we ended up settling on the, on the case, but it was a, a crazy journey. Like I, what I learned through that whole process of being an entrepreneur and, and attorneys and all this stuff and the legalities of it and the red tape and government and stuff, I, I realized that, you know, I, I couldn't have gotten a degree at Harvard or Yale or anywhere and really learned what I learned from just having a business that grew that fast. And then, you know, having the attorney general come after us for, cause we were in the real estate industry. And we were helping people that were put in bad loans. And so we would, we would go after people, we'd go after lenders 
that would lie to people that, you know, didn't speak English or didn't, you know, tell them they're going to get a 4% loan and they got a 10% loan. And so I would go after those individuals. Um, and that's not, wasn't real popular with some of the bigger banks. They didn't like the fact I was doing that, which is a, like I said, that's a whole nother podcast in itself. So I did that, built that business up. Um, and then ever since then, I've, I've really done consulting, um, consulting and, and help businesses, um, once again, drive traffic online, convert traffic online, sales. Um, and then I started doing the UCLA thing of doing uh, influencer marketing, which I jumped in the influencer space about nine years ago. Um, I had a client by the name of Zoe Rodriguez that we took from 400,000 to 1.6 million. She was a fitness influencer, um, which is uh, a phenomenal story in itself. Just Zoe came to us and was making 30, $40,000 a month. I couldn't believe that she was making that kind of money selling, you know, PDF files uh, through Instagram for fitness stuff or fitness programs were push-ups and sit-ups and squats. And there was nothing unique about it. She just had an, a very engaged audience. And that was when we realized um, she was an influencer, but we didn't, weren't really using the term influencers at the time. Um, and we took her up, we redid everything, her website and her logo and um, her sales funnels. We redid everything. And so we got her to 1.6 million. She was making a million, she was clearing a million dollars a year through the programs that we put together. Um, so that was how I, that's kind of how I cut my teeth in the influencer space. Um, and then content marketing, once again, I, I write for about 150 different websites. So obviously I have a team. There's no way that I stay up 24 hours a day and just write all day long. Um, but, you know, so I have a team that does that, but I write for Inc and Forbes and Huffington Post and um, have been doing it for a long time. And as you touched on, have the podcast, the Marketing Growth Podcast, we actually just cracked, we're uh, 33rd on, uh, for iTunes for business on our business podcast. So we're, um, I'll let everybody know if you're hearing this and you're number 32 and below, I'm coming for you. I don't want you to know that we are, uh, I'm not moving, I'm going to move some people out of the way. Hopefully that doesn't make it so your kids don't eat, but I'm letting you know that I'm coming for you and I'm, I'm coming for that number one spot. So that's, I'm letting everybody know we'll let the, that's publicly. I've let everybody know here on the monetization podcast that I'm coming for you um, in a good way. I mean, that the nicest way possible, of course. Um, I think that's about it. I mean, there's, you know, I flip real estate as well. <laughs> Once again, a lot of people don't know I do that. You have a, a lot of extra time. I, I, to do it. In between, in between like, yeah, drinking water and doing other stuff, there's usually a few seconds that they're right in between that little break. Um, no, and I, I will tell you, so as much as I, I do a lot of different things, what I've learned over the years is, is processes. I have really good processes. I didn't for the longest time. I was always the bottleneck. I was the guy in the middle that everything needs to be approved through me. And I was always the bottleneck. There was, I couldn't work enough hours in the day to catch up. And I finally realized about delegation and, and really putting processes in place um, and building a strong team. And that's what I've got today. So, you know, the only issue with having a strong team is that you get crazy and you start building more businesses and more businesses and you know, which is not bad, but it's like, you know, it's like, what is that point when you, you decide that enough yeah. is enough? Like, you know, what point do you go? I'm good. Cause it's not necessarily a money play for me. It's a, like I said, now I've jumped into the education. Like I really want to educate people, small businesses, influencers. You touched on the, how to be an influencer.com course that I'm, that I'm creating and will become live here in another probably month or two. Um, I, I just, I want to educate people. You know, I want to, I'm going to take what I've learned and I want to give it to people um, you know, not everybody can afford to, to go to UCLA. So I figured that if I can take that knowledge and if I can give it to the masses um, and make it so that people are smarter when they're dealing with brands and working with brands, um, then I'm doing a, a good service. So that's kind of the goal. I don't think I missed anything. Um, I'd have to probably look at my resume that I haven't updated in 25 years. Um, what else I've done, but I think that's probably a, a good start. 
let's move on to influencer marketing. Why don't you share with me what you think are the three most important secrets of influencer marketing that people need to know and maybe a great story um, of someone that's been really successful with influencer marketing. Yeah, I would say, let's say three secrets. So I would say one is you, you don't have to have a million followers. Let's say if you're on Instagram or anywhere, you don't have to have a crazy, crazy, huge audience. I mean, I know people that, you know, that have thousands of people and they, they have courses that they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. It doesn't need to be this insane amount. Um, you don't need to be on every single profile. You don't need to be on TikTok and Clubhouse and Twitter and this. I mean, you, I mean those are all good to be on if you want to drive traffic back to your, your, your website, right? The goal being that's where your, your money's at, your monetization. Um, and then I think the other thing is, is that um, understanding that like another thing about influencer marketing, a lot of people miss is, um, I know on the influencer side of things is understanding what they're really worth and really educating the brands on that. Cause that's the biggest thing I see is that uh, people that are influencers, they don't really know how to put a campaign together. They don't understand how to pitch a brand. They're waiting for brands to come to them and they don't understand like how to put reporting together. They just don't know how to put together like that finished product and justify what they're asking for money-wise, right? Like if you're saying, hey, it's $5,000, how do I, why do I, why are you worth $5,000? Like you need to educate me on why I'm willing to spend that kind of money on you. And they should understand why that is. They should say, hey, here goes my media kit. I've worked with these brands. We did this campaign. This is the kind of success that we had. This is who we went after. And really educating the brand why you're worth it. Because the other big question that everybody always asks is like, well, how much do I charge? And that's on the brand side too. I get brands that'll say, I don't know how much to like pay an influencer. Well, it comes down to like the influencer should be able to say, hey, the reason why you're going to pay this is because I'm going to do a blog post. I'm going to have you on the podcast. I'm going to create you know, grab that content, put it on YouTube, and I'm going to put it on my website. My website indexes well for these certain keywords. And the goal is to go after this because there's 10,000 people looking for that monthly, which that should bring back at a 3% return or a 3%, you know, whatever close rate of this of 10,000 people is going to be X amount of $500. Like whatever the numbers are, like educate them. And, and that's the problem is that most influencers aren't marketers, right? So they don't know full attribution. They don't know how to like bring this thing full, fully back. And so I want to train them and show them and say, like, listen, like, this is how you do it, right? And also on the brands, I've done, I did a big event. This was almost about a year and a half ago in San Francisco, where we had Amazon and we had probably 35 or 40 brands in a hotel. We, we rented the hotel out, not the whole hotel, but like, a, you know, obviously a, a, a floor. And we did the training there. And I, I realized that there was such a dis, big disconnect between brands and influencers that I need to kind of get in the middle. You know, it's like, hey, I need to like kind of educate people on both sides so that we can start having a lot more successful influencer marketing campaigns. Yeah. So if, if you were advising an influencer on how to show that value, I heard several points of that. I just want to go a little bit deeper into that. So you would you would say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z. I'm gonna publish you on this blog or this podcast or and or this this uh, YouTube channel, you're, you'd show what you're going to do. You might show the reach, the audience. You might show um, how many people in the past on average um, are exposed or, or watch or engage or listen to or uh, those types of content. Um, you might show on average the number of clicks that come from those, those pieces of content to the influencer's website. Uh, you might even give some case studies of, of how much revenue has been generated by some of your other um, sponsors that you've had. What else would you do? What else, what other advice would you give to me as an influencer to help establish that value? 
Yeah, I mean, you really, you touched on a lot of them, right? I mean, it really is, you know, whatever you're charging and like putting together the campaign of the reason why they should pay that and, and educate them on that. Hey, this is what I've done historically for a brand similar to yours or even other brands that we've worked on. This is how we put the content together. This is how we executed the content. This is how we um, were able to find out, you know, how much I actually was able to drive when it comes to sales. Like there's, you just want to educate the brand because a lot of brands, I'm telling you, I talk with a lot of brands, a lot of brands still don't know how to do full attribution on influencer marketing. And if you're an influencer that comes to the table and says, hey, not only am I an influencer, not only is my, my audience heavily engaged, but I can show you how to put together a successful campaign. Most brands are going to go, what? Okay, let's do that. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was speaking at an event in New York. This was I'm like, this is a long time ago. This might've been five years ago. It was an influ one of the first influencer marketing um, uh, uh, conferences that I, that I spoke at or that was even around. In fact, it was even way before its day. Like it didn't take off because it was way before people weren't even on influencer marketing that much. But I remember the, they had some YouTube people or, or influencers that were up there. And um, I, one of the questions I asked and, um, and they didn't know I was a speaker or maybe they did, I don't know. But either way, I rose my hand and said, hey, um, how do you guys, what kind of reporting do you guys do? And they were like, reporting like we haven't had any brands ask for any reporting i'm like <laughs> they didn't ask for reporting. I'm like, yeah i'm like but it was that was the that in the beginning it was like we just got to do influencer marketing and you know it was there wasn't tons of people doing it so it was very successful for the most part right because there wasn't a lot of people doing it people were like oh jennifer says go buy this and i go buy it and now you you definitely there's it's a longer sales cycle because you've got to kind of educate and people got to feel like you're being authentic and there's, there's some yeah. good things that you need to do to make sure that you're not trying, you know, bamboozling your audience. It's like the reason why you're recommending this product is because you really believe in the product and really building out a campaign that really, that justifies that. Assuming that you do believe in the product, like you shouldn't be doing things that you don't believe in, right? If you're telling your audience that you do. Um, but I think it, you know, it, it just comes down to, of, of like educating the, the problem. The good thing about influencer marketing, the bad thing about influencer marketing for a brand is there's millions of potential influencers. Right. So it's like, that's awesome. Right. But the other problem is, is like, how do I know who's better than the other person? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's the, the influencers that are educated. that say, let me show you how to put this campaign together. Let me show you how I'm going to be able to show that this was successful. Let me show you the different things that we need to do. But the brands have to be open to that. Right. Like it's these days, it's a frequency deal. Like if you're putting content out there, it's not just me posting one piece of content and saying, Hey, Oh my God, go buy this water bottle it's, you got to put a campaign together. You've got to do it multiple times. And maybe you have a picture of, of that in the background and I'm at the beach or whatever this is. The idea of it is, is it's campaign. It's a frequency deal where people are going to see it over and over and over. And then maybe you have some kind of an offer or something like that, 10% off Shane 10 or whatever that is to be able to drive the people. But it's not just shoving things down people's throats. Like just telling them, Hey, go buy this right now. Isn't going to work. People need to be, I, I'm not going to say finessed, but people need to need to be more comfortable with seeing it and seeing it and seeing it. And then after you give the review and saying, cause you know, it shouldn't, it should be something that you've actually reviewed or something that you actually tried. Right. And that's kind of the big thing. And then there's ways to put together those successful campaigns so that you have a good return. Um, but also making sure that you're authentic as well. Why is influencer marketing so much more effective than the old school traditional advertising techniques? Yeah, good question. So the the reason why is because influencer marketing is, I mean, you know, we look at, uh, use Instagram as an example. I mean, when you look at Instagram, it's, you know, a guy or girl that, you know, has the pink poodle and they've got the Ferrari and they drink their chai lattes and, you know, drink all free champagne and the VIP. It's not always that way, but it, the idea of it is like Instagram's lifestyle, 
right? So it's like, that's kind of what I want to do. And oh, I really want to visit that place or God, that seems like a, a cool product that they're using. Um, I mean, I'm a sucker for that. Like anything, you know, that, that looks like a cool product and I haven't tried it. I'm like, why not? You know, I want to, want to take a look at it. But so when you're, when you are following a certain, somebody that you look up to, whether it be an influencer or a thought leader or politician or whoever that is, and when they're telling you to go try something that you believe in them, then that's, that's the value there is you have an engaged audience that believes in what you do and believes in, you know, and understands you and knows you because they're watching your stories and understand about your life and your little dog Toto and all the fun stuff. They kind of feel like they know you. And when you go ahead and put down a recommendation of, Hey, you should give this a try or Hey, give that a try. Um, then there we go. Then that's, that's what you're doing is you're really putting it out there and saying, Hey, I really think this is something that you should try as well. And I think it would be, I recommend my audience, you know, go and try this new software program or try this new product or whatever that may be. Yeah. So the been there, done that experience from someone that you trust, the influencer, is is in a nutshell one of the big reasons why it works because of that relationship of trust. So it's going back to what businesses say about themselves really is incredible anymore. And this is a highly credible source that businesses are using to communicate a more credible way with their potential customers. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, it's like, it's one thing for me to say that I'm awesome and I'm great, but it's another thing to be on a podcast or be somewhere where somebody else is saying, Hey, this is what this person has done. Right. And then it comes from your, your audience is, you know, potentially going to reach out to me or follow my blog or something because they love you. And they said, Nathan says, Hey, this is somebody that you guys should go follow. Then guess what? People are going to go follow, right? There's no, there's no transaction there, but what it is, is people love you and they, they are enjoying what you're creating here. And so if you tell them to go do something, they understand that, Hey, Nathan's been doing this a long time. He's talked to a lot of people. And if Shane is that guy that you should go follow, then I should probably go follow Shane. Thank you so much, Shane, for sharing your stories and knowledge with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, influencers are credible sources with reach that customers trust. Number two, we don't need millions of followers to be successful in our influencer marketing. A small but engaged following can often give us a lot of success. Number three, both brands and influencers should be educated about all the services an influencer can provide. An influencer that is knowledgeable is more likely to be hired by brands to promote their products. Number four, writing for a lot of other credible organizations is a great way to establish our own credibility. Number five, delegating, having good processes in place, and having a strong team can help relieve entrepreneurs' stresses and give them more free time to do more of the things they love. If you enjoyed this interview and want to learn more about Shane or connect with him, you can find him on LinkedIn or visit his website at shanebarker.com. And we'll have links to both of those sites in the blog post for this episode. Did you like today's episode? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can get a free monetization assessment of your business or subscribe for free to the Monetization Nation e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast or YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. How have you seen influencer marketing used effectively? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. 
I wish you success in your influencer marketing efforts. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.